Well, we're going to start today with uh, John 15, 7, and then we should go also to Ephesians 6, 18, which are uh, probably my favorite two scriptures on prayer, and uh, I probably picked that up from Kenneth Hagin, because uh, he would, every time he'd teach on prayer, he'd uh, start with these two verses, because pretty much anything you can say about prayer is in those two verses, and, um, you know, uh, I love particularly, well, well both of them uh, very much. And um, I grew up in the uh, Free Methodist Church, and uh, uh, my grandparents were Free Methodists, and they helped uh, plant the church that I grew up in for my first, what, five years of life, I think, like that. And then my parents planted a church when I was about five years old, and then um, prior to the church that my grandparents planted, their parents were pastors and church planters. And so uh, that's a, I'm trying to say it in a quick sort of fashion that uh, then when I would spend the night at my grandparents' house, uh, we would get up at 6 in the morning or 5.30 in the morning, and we'd go on to what my grandmother called the Davenport, which was just a couch. I considered it a couch. And uh, we would kneel down. I don't remember Davenport. Davenport. Maybe somebody can tell me, is it just the same thing as a couch? Or? Yeah, if you're... More than 80 years old, you call it a dance. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, my grandfather was born in 1918. Uh, so um, we'd pray on the Davenport, and they had like this list of, uh, typed out list of prayers that they would pray. And um, I, I remember that from as young as I can remember being uh, young. Of course, I pray with my parents as well, but we never <laughs> got up quite that early and prayed. And so um, we'd pray early in the morning. Well, then I got filled with the Holy Spirit in um, December on December 30th of 1997, and uh, so I got a whole new uh, unction and utterance uh, to pray and pray in the Spirit. And then uh, the next fall, I went to Bible school, moved to Oklahoma to go to Bible school, and then started the following one because they only let you start uh, right in September that uh, at that time, and. Um, uh, Kenneth Hagin came to, right before I moved, three months before I moved, he came to Augusta, Georgia, which is where I was stationed in the military. And when he came, uh, some of you have heard this testimony, uh, you know, I had just been filled with the Spirit for maybe seven or eight months, and I hadn't gotten a lot of uh, good teaching on the things of the Spirit, but one thing I noticed after I was filled with the Spirit is I was immediately less judgmental. So, uh, you know, I had, at that point I was in part of the Southern Baptist Church, you know, and they're like, well, it's, you know, everything was like, well, if it's not interpreted and this, and it was all, everybody was concerned about the rules, 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 and different things. And I noticed, like, uh, immediately after being filled with the Spirit, first of all, I got more light on the Word. Uh, it became more real to me. And, um, you know, you've heard me say, like, I would do a double or triple take because I memorized several scriptures. And I thought, how, how can that be there? Well, that was because then I had so much more light. I was looking at it from my spirit more than my head. And so... Um, I was happened to get used to what it's like to grab hold with my spirit versus just my head. So intellectually, I could quote those verses. But when I would try, after I was filled with the spirit and I saw those, and I, I could quote them from my head, but I'm like, that's not, that's not what I see right now. What I see was from my spirit, so I had to learn to draw that up from the spirit. Well, the first meeting, there were, uh, I, mean, I mean, some uh, big demonstrations of the spirit, and... Um, you know, uh, he prophesied, which I didn't know at the time it was prophecy. 
and he said, uh, this is a turning, tonight is a turning point in your life, and the decisions that you make tonight will affect the entire course of the rest of your life. So if you want to go forward with the Lord, I want you to physically get out of your seat as a demonstration of a heart decision that you've made, and I want you to come forward. So I got out, and I came forward. Well, years, ago, years later, when I worked at Rama and I, I, you know, I was able to go into some of the archives, I thought, you know, I should see that first meeting. I wonder what that first meeting was. I didn't even remember it. And I about fell over because I'm like, well, he prophesied that, and I made that decision, and I was engaged to a girl named Glenda at that time. Well, that's not her name. She didn't change her name. You know, Melody's name. <laughs> and so I was engaged to somebody else. I was head on heading to the Southern Baptist Seminary in um, Kansas City area. And so, really, uh, that was a pivotal point, you know, and what he had prophesied affected at least me, but there were like a thousand people there. So everybody comes forward, and he just said, be blessed like that. And, no, excuse me, he said, be blessed like that first. And a line of about 25 feet deep, people just straight out, just fell out in the Holy Spirit, just instantly. And only, like, straight out from his hand. And I was like, what is that? I've never, you know, I'd heard of people falling out, you know, being overcome by the presence of the Lord, but I had never seen it that up close. And then he said, be blessed like that. And people like, just like his hand went, spiraled out. But instead of 25 feet deep, it was about 15 feet deep. And they all fell out till it was right in front of me. So I'm standing here and they fell in front of me. And I thought, oh, what is this? <clears throat> and then his grandson, he said, uh, his name was Craig, still is Craig. And he said, uh, I want you to lay hands on uh, people with uh, problems with their eyes. You know, if they're blind, you're blind, whatever. So people came up, started laying hands. And um, he's, he, he said, I remember, he said, eyes be healed. And I thought to myself, I remember, I'm coming from the denominational church where I didn't understand all these things, and I had just freshly been filled with the Spirit. And I thought, do they think, like, what <laughs> happened in the Bible is going to, like, happen here? Yeah. And I thought, that's how they're acting. You know, you <laughs> see, so you see how green I was and <laughs> what, what I didn't understand. Well, so remember, I, I grew up and so with uh, praying with my grandparents, and so uh, then I had, you know, once I joined the military, I would go to my Baptist church early on Sunday mornings, and I'd pray, and we had all night prayers, and they'd have me be the security for it, and uh, and then I, you know, of course I'd pray and stuff, and um, so then, you know, I was kind of disturbed at this meeting because it was so uh, foreign to what I had ever experienced in a church service that I almost really wanted to turn it off. Now, as I look back, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I could look, and there was nothing in my spirit that disturbed my spirit. But I was, like, responding from what I saw, and I had never experienced it before, and it made me just, the unknown a lot of times will cause you to shrink back, even from the plan of God and the will of God, because you're so unfamiliar with it. Uh, and so it's really important to learn to walk with the Lord, and that... Uh, you know, so I love Romans chapter 8, uh, where uh, Paul says that we have that same inward witness. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And that same inward witness, that witness does not change no matter what he is saying to you. Now, sometimes you'll have something what we would call more spectacular um, manifestation of the Lord speaking to you. Some people have heard what to them sounded like an audible voice, those type of things. Those are not guaranteed, but that can happen. You know, anytime the Lord speaks, anytime he speaks, the Spirit and the Word agree, First John. The Spirit and the Word always agree. So if you have the Holy Spirit, I'm putting closer on that, and he's speaking to you, or Christ through the, through the person of the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, he will always speak in line with the Word. 
because uh, you know the Bible says that there's many voices in the world, and none of them are without significance. So uh, whether you believe it's a supernatural voice or it's a natural voice that you're hearing, uh, you got to pay attention. Are you responding to that voice? Because there's some voices you don't want to respond to, earthly voices, natural voices, but there's also supernatural voices. Uh, that are demonic that you don't want to be listening to. Well, you don't have to get worried about it because you're a believer. If you're a believer, you know the voice of God. And the best way to ascertain the voice of God is you always go back. Um, his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And he always speaks in peace. There's always peace when he speaks, okay? And so, uh, and then you, then you do it by faith. Because Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And the voice of a stranger they will not follow. Uh, and Jesus said in John, what, John 14, you know him, speaking of the Holy Spirit. So you, you add anything you're going to get from God, you're going to get by faith. In other words, by trusting God, by believing what he said, by believing in the unseen. And that act of believing <clears throat> in the unseen as part of that act you're turning away from all the other stuff and you're turning to the Lord. So your own intellect sometimes can be the greatest hindrance uh, to you receiving. I just spoke with somebody this past week who they were um, in a, um, uh, came from a, uh, a well, I want to call it strong denominational church, but the teaching that they had was, uh, that they had received that they were relating to me, was not um, very scriptural. It was very traditional. It was very experience-driven. Like, you know, as far as sickness and disease specifically, they were saying, like, you know, that, uh, that their, their group of people that they were with in the church had taught them, you know, that uh, healing and miracles all passed away. That was only for the first apostles, and that was just to kind of give a jump start, you know, to the... That, Include you a jump start, you know. You know oh, cars a jump start. Yeah, <laughs> to, the body, to the body of Christ. Yeah, like EKG if you're a doctor. Or something. You know, to, let's just get them going, and then that's that's all they need. And so, anyhow, I talked to them about uh, what Scripture says about that. But they were and the, they were honest, and uh, they had said, you know, I know that this has been so ingrained into me. It's hard for me to think a different way. And so what I encouraged them to do is I said, you know, many things, but one of the things I said, I said, and this is what every believer needs to do. I said, you need to get settled in your heart that the Bible is the word of God. And then no matter what comes up, you take it to the litmus test of the word of God, because the word and the spirit agree, because when your mind has been, um, because this person said, I, I used to teach people this. I used to say this, right? So they're coming from this, and the, like you're starting to realize it. And um, many times the people that taught you that didn't have um, ill will towards you. They didn't have ill intentions. They just didn't know. And so sometimes coming out of that, you can get um, a bitter or upset and have unforgiveness in your heart and be like, well, how come? I remember, I don't think my mom would mind if I... <laughs> said this. I remember my mom when she, uh, uh, my mom has gotten filled with the Spirit since, you know, we didn't grow up in a Spirit-filled church type of thing, and so she was asking me different questions, and um, 
As one time she said to me, she said, well, how come they didn't tell me this? I can't believe they didn't tell me this because <laughs> she was a leader in the church. They helped plant the church, all this stuff. And I said, well, I said, just the same way. I said, you people just, a lot of, most of the time people don't know. Most people are not trying to be like evil. They're really, they're trying to explain why the Bible doesn't work because of the experience that they've had. So they are experience-based, not word-based. So anyhow, I, I mentioned this to this person, and I said, well, you have to get settled in your heart. I have to see it in the word for myself from the Lord. And then you launch from there, because that's the only way you're going to redirect your path. Because th th there's really no point in any of us believing anything if it's not in the word. Then it's just my opinion against your opinion, my experience against your experience. And in the last days, even, even not even the last days, but you see like with Aaron's rod, you know, uh, the sorcerers, Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's magicians did supernatural things. So just because something supernatural happens doesn't mean that it's the spirit of God. And uh, as we go into the last days, that's important. So, um, so I had this background. And um, it, it was kind of scary to me, and I think I told, I've told you before. So I gave $5 in the offering, which was not insignificant to me at that time, but it wasn't as significant. Maybe I could have given 20 right? And that would probably have been, like, maxed out because I, you know, I think I got $600 a month or $800 a month was my whole income. Uh, and my apartment was, like, 600 So, um, So that's a significant amount of money. So I'm like, Lord, I'm just giving $5 because I don't know if this is of you or this is of the devil. <laughs> if it's of you, I want to have a part, even though I didn't know much about it. But if it's not, I don't want any part, you know. So I went home to my apartment, and the Lord spoke, you know, I was kind of like unsettled about what I had experienced and seen in the service. And so I said, Lord, what was that? And just saying that to the Lord was me from my heart saying, and then I said, is this of you? Because I started to expound. I'm like, what was that? Is this of you? Was it the devil? What is it? And it's one of my favorite experiences with God. He just spoke. It was an inward witness. And he said, go back in the morning. Because I had gone on a Sunday night. It was the first service. He said, go back in the morning. And if you still have a problem with it, then I'll talk to you about it. And I, at the time, I didn't even think about it. I was like, okay. He kind of like totally diffused my, my thing, you know. But I didn't even realize what had happened. So then I went back the next morning, of course. And um, he got up and he started teaching on prayer. Many scriptures I'd never heard or seen on prayer at, that, that I ever recalled. And some scriptures that I do remember. But it was as different as before I was filled with the Spirit and after I was filled with the Spirit, the scriptures that I had heard before because there was so much more light on them. And then, you know, the Lord told him in holding these meetings, he said, I want you to teach on prayer, and then I want you to pray. So I want you to do it by precept and examples. Because sometimes you'll just hear a bunch of teaching on prayer, then there's no example. Well, if you never pray, you're never going to learn to pray. And Jesus, it's funny, the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. Most people quote that, that the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Yeah. No translation that I'm aware of actually is translated, teach us how to pray. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. And I have found in my own uh, prayer life with the Lord, I think one of the highest, greatest keys that I have ever found is to pray. One of the greatest keys to learn how to pray is to actually pray. So I don't know, maybe that's for my personality as well or whatever. I'm a researcher, you know, so I like to research, figure it all out, that type of thing. But I have found the more I pray, 
the more I hear from God in prayer. And the more I read the word, that's where we're going in a second, the more I hear from God in prayer. Because Jesus said in John 15, 7, one of our main scripture texts, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will and it will be done. If, he put an if there, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, <clears throat> then you could say, I'm adding the then, then you'll ask what you will and it will be done for you. That is one of the most amazing uh, sentences that came from the lips of Jesus. Like, you will ask whatever you want and it will be done. You can ask whatever you want. No holes barred. Whatever you want, you ask it, it'll be done. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. And then Ephesians 6, 18 is praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. He said praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Literally, it, it, uh, you could translate it praying always with all prayer and supplication as you're led by the spirit. Or you could say always pray being led by the spirit. What does that mean? Well, to me, that's a statement of faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if you want to get faith, you read the word from and look, excuse me, and listen from your heart. Because faith is not of the head. Faith is of the heart. So Jesus said in John 15, 7, uh, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. In other words, my words find their home in you, or my words live in you, or my words settle and make their home in you. How does that happen? Well, that's 16. not, that's not, uh, yeah, Ephesians 6, 18 and John 15, 7. Well, if his words get to live on the inside of you, that's a statement of faith. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Literally, I, I love to read it in the, in the, with uh, the second word, read it in Greek, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God. What's the rhema of God? His word. <clears throat> yeah, it's his word. Faith comes his spoken word as opposed to what? His written word. So both are the word of God. Right? There's the written word of God, and then there's the spoken word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Like by the spoken word of God. And so, the spoken word is the word that God speaks to your heart. Or, it's the word that is revealed to your heart. As opposed to like, so I could, I could have this, well, I, we could just use that scripture. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will and it will be done. It'll be done to you. Well, you could read that and just agree with it in your head. So, yep, that's true. I believe that's true. Well, you're saying you believe it's true, but technically you're probably not believing. You're, you're just agreeing in your head. But when you see it from your heart, and that only comes by a work of the Spirit of God, or you hear it in your heart, that only comes by a work of the Spirit of God. Now, he said, 
my sheep know my voice. And he said, the Holy, speaking of the Holy Spirit in John 14, I think it's actually 14, 7, that you know him. So when you're reading the word, and uh, you should always, um, from your heart, listen from your heart. Grab hold from your heart. Locate your heart. Right? This is why, this is why teachings uh, that, um, you know, our company has... I know Andrew Womack has really good teachings on it, and there's, I don't know, maybe you guys that graduated from Karis can tell me, there's also one of the teachers that, I keep forgetting his name, but it teaches really uh, effectively on spirit, soul, and body. <coughs> or is it just Andrew Direct? Gary yeah. Bennett, you're talking about? Uh, that's not the Andrew name I'm thinking of. But Andrew Andrew. Well, it doesn't matter, maybe. <laughs> but but the, the point is, spirit, soul, and body. If the body of Christ, and honestly, even non-believers could understand a little bit of spirit, soul, and body, I would explain so many things about why they struggle with different things, why they do certain things, and how, how to like to follow God and flow with the Lord. Because many times things that people say, I don't know why I do that, it's really just something from their flesh or their mind that hasn't, hasn't been changed by the Word of God, or hasn't been transformed by the Word of God. And so... Jesus said, if you abide in me, you live in me, and uh, my words abide in you, or my words live in you, you'll ask what you will, and it'll be done. So sometimes people might hear that, and they say, well, actually, somebody said that to me. Uh, they said, well, I'm concerned that if I pray, like, maybe it won't be the will of God, and I don't want something that's not the will of God. And I said, well, if you abide in him, and his words abide in you... That's the prerequisite, which is also the prerequisite for Mark 11, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, which is Jesus said in Mark 11, 22, have faith in God. So he said, you know, put yourself there for a second. Like you think like you're, you're a, a disciple of Christ and you're walking with him day in, day out, sleeping in the same place, going to the same place as you see him draw away for prayer, come back. And no man ever spoke like this. He spoke when he speaks, things happen. He spoke as one with authority. That was the most outstanding characteristic of his speech. And so then he says, you know, no man eat fruit of you here ever after. And the very next day, the thing dried up from the roots. So you may have seen something dried up, but never something dried up from the roots within like 24-hour period. And they're marveling. They're like, master, they're saying, master, teacher, the, the tree that you cursed is withered. Like he's going to be surprised. Right? Hey. Bethany, the tree you cursed is withered. <laughs> and immediately Jesus' response is, have faith in God. Or lay hold of God's faithfulness. So you're sitting there, you're, you're like in awe that this happened. And the master says, oh, have faith in God. Whoever will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and will not doubt in his heart. Listen to the heart. Faith is of the heart. But shall believe those things that he says will come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. Therefore, I'm telling you, whatever you desire. Sounds a lot like what he said in John 15, 7. What things whatever you desire. Believe that you receive them and you will have them. And 
when you stand praying. He's actually connecting prayer and faith. When you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. So in John 15, 7, he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Like, if you have faith in God, how do you get faith in God? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So you're grabbing hold of the words of God. So that's why, like, uh, I don't get nervous about, I used to get a little nervous about Mark 11, 23, 24. But I don't get nervous about it anymore because I know the word. Because Jesus said, have faith in God, whoever shall say. That means if I'm going to say to the mountain, I got it from God. So I'm actually speaking his words to the mountain. So it's not for me to back it up and make it happen. It's not for me to wonder, is it going to happen? But if I understand when God speaks and declares a thing, it comes to pass. And I heard it from him. I'm actually not initiating it on my own. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. So if my words are living in you, you're going to ask whatever you want. Why? Because my desires have now, his desires have now become my desires. Because I'm letting his word find its home in me. His word gets to settle down in me. His word gets to live in me. It has its place in me. So when I come to prayer then, if I come with his word abiding in me, well then it's all I can do to stop the word from coming out when I'm praying. Of course, I'm not wanting to stop it come out, but I'm illustrating. When his word is living in you, it's such a part of you, then you begin praying, his word begins to come, come to you. You, you're, you're, you ever been praying? Surely you have. You pray and you start praying about something. All of a sudden, you're just, you have this little twinge down here on the inside. Like the scripture is just, and sometimes yeah. it's interesting because now um, this is like a whole new realm of prayer to me that I had never experienced when, before I was filled with the spirit. But I did pray, and God did hear my prayers. But most of, not, not nearly as many of my prayers were prayers of faith, trusting in the Lord. It was a prayer of hope. It was a prayer of uh, routine. And it was turning to the Lord. So, so don't misunderstand me. There was a lady that was part of Azusa Street Revival. And um, she, she heard um, some people from uh, Brother Higgins' ministry praying. And she, she had, you know, was still alive from that time. And she was not filled with the Spirit. But she had been exposed there at Angela's Temple because it's not too far from Los Angeles. Anyhow, uh, and somebody asked her, does that disturb you that they're praying in other tongues? And she said, oh, no. She said, I asked the Lord about that, and the Lord said, that's just a deeper dimension of me. Wow. Yeah. Even though she wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. No, because if you're not filled with the Spirit, but you're born again, you are born of the Spirit. And you have the Holy Spirit, but you have not been baptized with the Holy Spirit or filled with the Holy Spirit. So you have the same Spirit. Yeah. And if you're, if you're honest and humble, you'll admit it. If you're looking to, and, and you're looking to the Lord. So there's a, several pre-qualifiers there because you can, you can be honest and humble but not look to the Lord for the answer. You look to your head for the answer. Well, um, you know, uh, there is a flow in prayer even not being filled with the Spirit. But it's a lot easier to flow in prayer once you have been filled with the Spirit. So it's, it's a whole new realm and, and a whole new um, uh, uh, place to flow. You know, you, you, your, your tongue, you choose to give your tongue over 
to the utterance that comes from God. Like direct inspiration. Prophecy actually is defined as, ins as inspired utterance on the spur of the moment. Spur of the moment. So it's not like pre-thought out or pre-studied out or, or all these other type of things. Uh, let me read you something. Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, listen, listen, this is from a, a oh you'll like this actually this is from a I think this is from a state policeman uh, in the early 80s okay <laughs> one of the more memorable experiences I had in the early 80s while I was guarding Dr. Billy Graham prior to going into full-time ministry I was at Missouri a Missouri State Trooper and was assigned to accompany Dr. Graham while he visited Southwest Missouri he was asked to speak to a large assembly of people on the campus of Evangel University because of the very tight schedule, Dr. Graham only had 30 minutes to speak. At the end of Dr. Graham's message, a man in the congregation gave a message in tongues, and immediately on the other side of the auditorium, a local pastor gave a short interpretation, followed by a one-line benediction by the president of the college. When we got into the car to leave, I noticed Dr. Graham was obviously moved. He said that he had felt an unusual sense of the anointing of the Holy Spirit during the service. He went on to tell us something that marked the lives of the men in that car. Dr. Graham took out his notes, and as he held them up, said to Dr. Wilson, who was traveling with him, Isn't it true that we have debated the experience of tongues and the baptism of the Holy Spirit for years? To which Dr. Wilson answered, Yes, we have. At that point, Dr. Graham, holding his notes for us all to see, said, I had three points to speak on, but because of time, I only spoke on point number one. However, the interpretation of the message in tongues was point number two, verbatim, and the benediction was point number three, verbatim. Dr. Graham turned to Dr. Thomas Zimmerman, who was in the car, and said, When I get home, I'm going to my study, and I'm going to say to God, I'm not leaving this place until I get everything you have for me. Awesome. <laughs> And so, so this woman was similar way, like you know. I don't know how to go with this. So, like, it's one of the reasons that I believe it is so important that you don't fake something from God. You don't have to make up a gift of the Spirit. You don't have to make up like, like, like an imagination. Or This is what the Lord said. Every thought that comes to your mind is not from God, even while you're praying. Actually, many times the devil's present while you're praying. And if you've studied the most mighty moves of God, you've got the Holy Spirit manifesting himself and the goodness of God and the grace of God in the, in the hearts, minds, and bodies of people galore. But you have the enemy coming in trying to distract, trying to take away, doing his own thing. So that, that's no guarantee like, like the, 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 what do you call it? The religious person says, well, if God is doing something there, the devil can't do anything there. That's not true. And so it, it is so important. Uh, I, I was part of a prayer group one time, and, well, I went to visit this uh, place frequently, maybe once a month or something like that. It was several hour drive from Ramah. And when I went there, uh, they would have these uh, prayer, prayer services, and the people running it said, now we're going to pray, and anything that comes to your imagination while we're praying, that's the Lord speaking, so you should tell us what's coming to your imagination. 
Well, it's amazing what people can come up with. Okay? And, and so it, it, it is vital. Uh, I, was, I was in another church one time, and they would have people, you know that you can speak in tongues. If you're born again, filled with the Spirit, you can speak in tongues at any time. But that doesn't mean that it's appropriate any time to speak in a corporate setting in other tongues. That's different than the gift of tongues that Paul's talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Right? So there's the personal prayer language, there's the public. So um, same thing with prophecy. So you know every believer, if you follow the Bible example and you continue to go on with the Lord, every believer should be born again. Of course you have to be a believer. <clears throat> but then every believer should be filled with the Spirit and should speak in other tongues and should prophesy. And should pray that they may interpret their own prayers in other tongues. Mm -hmm. But not every believer is to be used in public tongues or public interpretation. The office, it's, it's more of an office place, and so it's a little different. <clears throat> and you don't have to stand in that office. The Lord sometimes will use you even if you don't stand in that office in a public setting. But the thing is, it's not a default. When people take those, <clears throat> maybe they're because they don't understand or everybody wants to be used of God. It is so awesome to be used of God. But many times people will endeavor to be used of God without the unction of the Spirit. And then when they step out, you'll find a blessing doesn't go out. It'll almost kind of quench a little bit of the service. And so when things are authentic, um, like what I experienced that first night with Kenneth Hagin, I couldn't deny it in my heart. That's why it bothered me. Right? My head was like, well, this, this, this. Mm -hmm. But my heart had peace. Mm -hmm. But because I was so not used to it, I, I, I couldn't handle it. So I had to, Lord, what is this? <clears throat> Which is always good to turn to the Lord. Yeah. He'll teach you better than anybody else. Um, and, um, but uh, like in that prayer group that I was part of, <clears throat> I, I've watched people do it through the years. And they so badly want the Lord to use them like he uses other people sometimes that they try to make it happen, or they try to fake it, and it really hinders their faith. And uh, at the, the one church I was talking about, people would uh, get up and maybe they would dance in the service, but they were not dancing in the spirit, they were dancing in the flesh. And it didn't. the same blessing didn't go out from it. But you notice when someone's dancing in the spirit, or running in the spirit, or do anything in the spirit, there is a tangible anointing and blessing that goes out from that. And it, it affects the atmosphere. Um, and so many times people have drawn back from the things of God and even the move of the Spirit because they, they're in their mind or their experience, they see this person uh, or they recall <coughs> this experience that was not from the Lord. But yet they say, well, that was from the Lord. Like uh, my dad's sister died of cancer. When I was probably five years old, I don't remember one experience with her. She took me on a ride in her pickup truck, and her name was Jackie. And um, when she died of cancer, uh, this guy that my dad knew, I guess, came into the hospital and said, the reason that your sister uh, died is because you don't speak in tongues. Ooh, well, that put my dad back, you know, decades, to be honest with you, for, for things of that. Why? Well, because that person was not speaking on behalf of the Lord, right? So that, that did uh, damage uh, to my father, you know, and, uh, you know, my dad's fine and great and everything now, but, you know, it, it kind of puts you back. Well, the same thing is true when these are endeavored to be manifested 
and uh, it's not the Lord. You're kind of like, well, that wasn't, I don't want that, I don't want to experience that again. That, that was kind of weird. That wasn't good. You know, that was kind of off. Well, it's not that you don't uh, step out in these things. The best place to step out is in your own private prayer life, first of all, you, rather than publicly. But then you can step out publicly as you learn to flow in your own own private prayer life, those type of things, if that's the, you know, if that's the way the service is going and who's ever in authority over the service is allowing it. But um, it's important that we understand uh, the church of Jesus Christ is a supernatural church. It is not a natural church. It is a supernatural church. And so a supernatural church will have supernatural manifestations. And those supernatural manifestations come by the Spirit of the Lord. They don't come by man. Even you Look, if you study the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, these are all manifested as He wills. These are, you know, it says gifts of the Spirit, but a better uh, translation would be uh, workings of the Holy Spirit or things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit. Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant about them. Don't be ignorant about it. And um, when I first heard uh, Brother Goodwin teach on gifts of the Spirit, because <clears throat> I was restoring some old uh, old uh, tapes for Brother Hagin to, to see and to give away, I guess, and um, he started teaching. And that was the greatest thing I learned from him was that uh, these things are real. Yeah. And they're, you don't want to fake them. You don't want to make them up. I was part of a prayer group at Rama, And uh, in that, so we're talking about prayer. So in that prayer group, you know, I was in my early 20s. And uh, the other guys in that prayer group, one of them was maybe in his late 20s. And the others were like maybe late teens, <coughs> early 20s. So, you know, you got a lot of zeal. You got a lot going on and all this stuff. And so we're like, we're going to be the tough guys. So we do the 7 a.m. prayer on Saturday morning. <laughs> a bunch of single guys you know? we're like we're going to put our flesh under and so we go and we pray and that was good for about two or three weeks and then you're, it was still good but you're like oh man 7 o'clock <laughs> that really does affect your flesh and um, so we pray and uh, the guy that was over prayer school they had a, a daytime prayer school and the guy that was over prayer school at that time you know was just really uh, bold a really bold individual and so he'd teach them different things and so we're praying and we're, they're praying man they're praying out this stuff, and I thought, what is wrong with me? Like, they're praying all this, this, and this is going to end, this is what the Lord says, and all, and I thought, man, what? I'm like the most unspiritual person, there's five of us. I'm the most unspiritual one of us five in the prayer group, and I, like, they're hearing all this stuff, getting all this stuff, and I'm not getting it, you know? Incidentally, in that prayer group, uh, uh, they prayed out, I was there too, but this may be one of those times, and they prayed out, Rama praise. And, uh, they said, well, somebody's like, what well, is Rama Praise? And, uh, you know, this is a prayer group for the ministry. They said, well, that's the TV program. And they said, well, it must be they're airing something or something's going on with the TV show that we need to pray about. And so we all start praying and we go after it. So that's kind of how you pray. Is that somebody gets something and then you all kind of come together in unity and there's a flow. And we'll have to do that one of these times. Uh, and then you just kind of follow the flow. We prayed about it. Well, incidentally, uh, about... Uh, a year and a half after that prayer, they hired me on staff at Rainbow Praise. <laughs> wow. Isn't that funny? funny? And I had never any television experience, anything like that and, and stuff. But anyhow, they'd pray out some different things, and I thought, this is kind of like, I don't know, this is kind of far out. <laughs> well, and I wanted to pray it out too. But every time I tried, I felt like I was violating my conscience to do it, and I felt like I would be disappointing the Lord. Right? I'm talking about your inward, the inward witness, being conscious of the Lord. And so I, I'm like, but Lord, 
they're so much cooler than I am. Like, what's wrong with me? And I just, I just had that inward witness. No, don't do that. Don't do that. And so I, I obeyed it. Thank God. I obeyed that inward witness. And then after about, I don't know, two months of that, month and a half, two months, then all the guys came, and I had not been in prayer school that Friday. And so they were, but they were, and they came, and they were kind of like sad when they got to the prayer group. And I thought, why are you all so sad? And they said, well, brother so-and-so who was ministering said, you know, that, yeah, you can step out in the things of God, but you have to have the unction of the Spirit to back you up. If you step out and the Lord's not there, you better step right back. And we realized we had been doing that in this prayer group. And so it, 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 it really hindered their faith for a, quite a period of time because they were doing things apart from the leading of the Spirit of God. And there is a place where you step out in faith on what God said. But if you step out in faith and the Lord's not right there with you, because sometimes your flesh gets so, what do you call it, uh, conditioned to not stepping out, to not acting in faith. You know, like, you, you understand, you could say, uh, like, so the, um, the minister that was, that, that uh, minister prayer school at that time, he said, I would get up. And he said, man, sometimes you get up to minister and it seems so dead. Everything's dead. Whole service is dead. Before you even start, you just, I don't know if you can sense it, but you can sense that there's no anointing there. Mm -hmm. He says, so I would just get up, and I would just declare, based on the word of God, that healing is for the believer, and healing is for the lost. Mm -hmm. I would just get up, and I'd say, the first three people who get up here this morning are going to be instantly healed. Well, he'd step out, boom, heal, 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 like that. So sometimes you're not seeing results because you're not stepping <laughs> out in faith on the word of God. But when he would step out that way, he would follow the unction of the Spirit. In other words, sometimes you have to kind of jerk yourself out of, out of uh, the natural rut that you've gotten into. So what do you do? Well, I do that in prayer. Uh, if, I, if I have any trouble in prayer, that's how I pray. I'll, I'll get, what time is it? Oh, boy. Okay. So I'll get in prayer. If I feel dead, like, man, I, feel like, I don't feel like a believer. I feel like, you know, the Lord's not going to hear me. You know, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel. Well, we're not moved by what we feel. We're moved by what we believe. So then I'm going to launch out in faith, and I'm going to declare, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I thank you that when I come to you in his name, you hear my prayers. And, I th and then I will have, um, uh, what do you call it, boldness in my voice, even if I, especially if I feel weak and unable. I'll say, well, I thank you. I might, and this is how I would do it, too. I would say, Lord, you know, I really feel like you're not even going to hear this prayer right now. But I thank you that your word says, you have declared it so, that when I come to you in the name of Jesus, my prayer enters your throne room. That I come right into your presence. So I begin to speak the word, right? Because if, I, if, if you ever make the mistake of getting into... Um, <laughs> of not living by faith because you're waiting for a feeling or you're waiting for a revelation. Uh, you may not get another one. I mean, just like last week, I kind of, I was like, man, I just don't, I just don't uh, you know, I woke up and I'm like, man, I don't feel like much revelation today, much whatever. I said, well, thank God, I'm just going to read the word. Man, I start reading the word. And boom, 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 boom. But if I waited until I felt like 
inspired to read the word or like the Lord, because many times I, when uh, how the Lord deals with me is while I'm waking up, uh, I'll have a scripture that's like right there in that half awake, half asleep state, you know, kind of while I'm, right as I'm waking up. And um, so many times I'll have that. Well, if I just wait for that, I, I may never have that. Because we live by faith and not by sight. Sight there includes like all of the sense realm, everything with the senses. We walk by faith and not by sight. So anyhow, that, I felt I had to get the explanation for stepping out of the things of God. But the point is, uh, the things of God are real and authentic, and you don't have to fake it. And when you do fake it, it hinders the work of God in your life and the lives of others. So you don't have to make it. Brother Hagen, I remember, and, you know, the Lord used him in so many ways. But one of the things he would uh, repeatedly say was, don't try to make it happen, let it happen. Don't try to make it happen, let it happen. So a lot of times people want to try to produce something. Well, we'll see what you can produce, and it's not much, right? I know I can't produce much. Kind of thing you say, I can't heal a fly's eyeball or a gnat's wing. <laughs> In other words, if you're looking to me for healing as, as originating from me, you're not going to get it. I'm just a channel and a conduit. You know, the more yielded I am, the more the power can flow. Uh, you know, you know, and there is a, there is a side to the minister. Uh, you know, everybody's a minister in the body of Christ, and then there's those that stand in certain offices. But if you're going to minister to somebody, you 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 look to the Lord. You you're prayed up. You're in the Word. Why? Because He sent His Word and healed. And the more that you His words abiding in you, you, He's got something to work with. The more words you know, if you begin to prophesy, you'll notice that the prophecy has more distinction and more uh, variance of utterance. Like it, it, it's richer, broader, fuller. Why? Because those words are stirring in you. His words are living in you. And then when you begin to speak, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit has so much to work with because all that word you have on the inside of you. Because the word and the spirit always agree. And so it's important that um, praise the Lord that we abide in him and his words abide in us and that we always pray like <clears throat> always pray being led by the spirit that doesn't mean that I don't sometimes have a list of things or I, I'm aware of many times of people's situations and, and so I have this okay I want to pray for them today but I don't I don't set the agenda in my prayer life with God so I'm going to go, and I seek him first. Enter his, you know, gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. And so I turn to the Lord. And so I may have my list. I may have, if, if there's some urgent things, and, and there's many, especially as the church grows, then I'm aware of more things. So then I may have stuff written down. But first, I want to seek the face of God. Because so many times when I do that, those things, I don't have to remember them from this list I wrote down. The Lord brings them up in prayer, and you'll notice when there is an unction and an anointing to pray for something or to declare something, it seems to get done a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and you're not trying to like push it through, and so unless you're, you know, man, there's so many, so many realms of prayer. Uh, Ephesians six eighteen right there says praying always with all prayer means all kind of prayer, all manner of prayer. Uh, there is like uh, the prayer of intercession. Where in, in uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 26 actually says, uh, with groanings which cannot be uttered in articulate speech. I don't know if you've ever had it, had it happen before, but 
um, the, the Spirit of the Lord has come on me, uh, and you know like you're praying for someone that's lost, and you actually feel like you are lost when that Spirit comes on you, and you birth them in prayer. We actually had that happen with somebody in our church uh, got born again in our services uh, maybe uh, two year, year and a half ago, whenever. Uh, that happened. It came, uh, that, um, uh, that, and it's interesting, that spirit of intercession came on Janice, and it came on my wife and myself. And next day, someone came to church, born again, like that. So uh, th there are things where, where you're, you're praying uh, as the Holy Spirit is leading you and guiding you, and then um, with groanings. Uh, that, that you can't just put like distinct fine words on or you could say like even in other tongues uh, some people translate it that way and so um, my prayer life changed when I heard Kenneth Hagin teach on prayer and pray the next day something got a hold of me because I was like that man he is mighty in prayer and so you can actually get a spirit of prayer that can come on you from other people or just getting exposed. And um, it messed up my prayer life, I'll be honest with you, and it scared me for about four years. Which might sound funny, but I realized how much tradition I was praying and how much I had just been like this, this, this. So I still prayed. But for, for many uh, of my prayers in those first few years, man, I just pray a lot in the spirit. Because when I would go and I'd try to pray something, and then... I would, I would have a, a witness on the inside. That's not in the Word. Mm -hmm. So while I gave myself to prayer, the Lord had to reteach me how, how to pray more uh, accurately and more scripturally. And, um, and uh, man, he's the best teacher and uh, best leader and best guide. But I would continually, I remember it, I would try to fall back to how I prayed before, even though I was filled with the Spirit. Right? Because why? Well, when I pray in the Spirit, my understanding is unfruitful. Right? So I had, <clears throat> you know, you've heard me say sometimes I have an, have an analytical brain or whatever. Well, my brain wanted the satisfaction of understanding. Right? So, um, <clears throat> so I, I wanted that, I have to do this, 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 and I was in that routine. And the Lord totally got me out of that. So now I, I have those lists, I have those things. But I always, you know, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. If we put God first in our lives, you know, tithing, you know, Deuteronomy says, tithing is to teach us how to put God first in our lives because you're doing it with your finance, right? But I think quite often about my time, you know, because of course we tithe and, you know, so. And um, I relate that to my time. Like, I will, I will sow financially, but what do I do with my time? So, like, you know, uh, Proverbs talks about bringing the first fruits to the Lord. First fruits of all of your increase. That you bring the first things to the Lord. Because why? The first is the best and the ch most choice. Uh, you know, it's like the top, the cream of the crop. Like, I, I'm not going to give something to God that's like second best. I'm going to give him first. So like when I used to write out my bills before they had all this automated stuff, I'd always write my tithe first because I'm putting God first. Well, you do the same thing with your time. <clears throat> so uh, my wife, Melody, she is more alert at nighttime than in the morning. 
Like, she's not alert in the morning. If you know her at all, she's not alert in the morning. And so that's not the best time for her to pray, even though it's first thing during the day. Now, she could maybe develop that or whatever, but I encourage people, you give the Lord the most choice time of your day. So if for you that's first thing in the morning, for me it's first thing in the morning. Uh, and for me, if I don't do first thing in the morning, all of the to-dos and this and this and this, it's like, well, okay, I'll do it now after I do this, after I do this, after I do this, after I do this. And all of a sudden it's like 5, 5 p.m. and you're like, what? <laughs> you know, of course you prayed like a little two-minute prayer or whatever, you know, like that. And um, But, I, I, man, when it's busy, I especially, I need the leadership of God on my day. And I need his... I need his words to speak and, and all of that. And, and that's not just because I'm a pastor. Everybody, no matter what your avenue of life or what you're doing, we need God involved. And if we live in him and allow his words to live in us, one of the ways to allow his words to live in you is you read the word, you meditate on the word, you make that word a part of you, and then you act on that word. But you can take in your everyday life, and you should incorporate it. And I encourage you to try to do it without saying the scripture reference. But that you are talking the word throughout your day. Even with people that don't understand it. I don't mean like casting pearl before swine. I mean, you know, like people are treating somebody like garbage, and you say, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to help them. Any, anybody could do what they're doing, talking them down. You know what? They're probably having a rough day. They're probably having a difficult time. I'm going to pray for them. Or even if you don't say, I'm going to pray, you know, because, you know, whoever you're around, but you could at least say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do something to help them. Well, that's James, right? That's the book of James. But you don't have to say, this is James such and such and confuse all these people. Mm -hmm. Now, you can if that's the unction of the Lord, of course. But you can speak the word, and people don't even understand, like, oh, that's the word. Like, they'll look at you like, that's weird. Because the crowd's just going to stomp on people when they're down. But the believer's not to do that. You know, we're called to bless. James, James says we're called to bless, and that you should not have, uh, like, out of a, a spring, you're not going to have bitter water and pure water come out of the same spring not possible so how can we use the same mouth to bless God and say Lord you're awesome I love you so much glory to your name that is the dumbest person I've ever seen <laughs> so if you catch yourself saying like that's the dumbest person I've ever seen just say that's the dumbest person I've ever seen oh the devil he is the dumbest he is the dumbest one <laughs> Lord forgive me that person is not dumb they're just acting like the devil, so I mistook them. I mistook them. 